Today is a solo at-home episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Sainamond. I'm working on some remote guests for some upcoming discussions, but for right now, you've got just me. I'm social distancing, and hopefully you are too. While I'm quite healthy and have no underlying medical conditions that would put me at risk with COVID-19, I'm still minimizing contact with anyone outside the immediate family uh, that I live with for a simple reason. I recognize that my health isn't the issue. It's the health of the community. I don't feel right putting anyone else at risk. Because I'm healthy, I could carry the virus and be completely unaware. And that makes me second-guess every interaction, even from the recommended six feet or more distance, every surface I touch, the few places I've had to go for important supplies. It's a strange feeling. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. And I know it's something that I'll have to get used to for a while. While we're self-isolating, whether we're working from home or whether you're unable to work at this time, when it comes to our health, we face a common challenge, inactivity. It too represents a threat to everyone on every end of the health spectrum. I think everyone recognizes broadly that physical activity is a positive thing, not just for your physical well-being, but your mental health, your confidence, your focus, the list goes on. Until the COVID-19 outbreak, we had considerable choices for physical activity. And we didn't all exercise the same way, if we did at all. And we had lots of choices. Now, with self-isolation being the norm to curb the spread of the virus, we're at home, and those choices are not available to us in the same way. Some of the businesses that were part of the array of choices have adapted, or done their very best to adapt to these shifting circumstances. Let me give you a quick example from my own direct experience. The CrossFit affiliate uh, at which I train and coach, Osprey Athletics, which is owned by two of my longtime friends uh, that you've heard on the podcast before, if you go way back to episode one, uh, Rob and Tisha O'Brien, they've moved their classes online using video conferencing software and adapting their workouts to the new working conditions by making workouts largely equipment-free or using things that you likely have around the house, very much like the workouts that I've been releasing. Um but with workouts aimed at their CrossFit community. They're also doing one-on-one virtual coaching sessions. They've implemented a team-based challenge that their community can participate in from home, uploading photos to social media, and logging their participation in their virtual workouts and more. They've also loaned out equipment uh, to those that wanted to have an implement at home if they didn't already have a kettlebell or a set of dumbbells to work with. Whether you're part of a community like that, one that helps provide guidance and direction, support, programming, coaching... Uh, you can and should still remain active. To maintain your physical and mental health, especially under these stressful circumstances, has to be a priority. And the good news is, it's possible. There are plenty of organizations and individuals, myself included, releasing content that can help get you and keep you moving. But it remains your responsibility to take up that challenge. No one can do it for you. You can only get out of it what you put in. And so this episode will focus on getting the most out of staying active while self-isolating. So in 10 seconds, I'll run through what I consider to be the eight keys to success with at-home training while self-isolating, staying active and healthy while keeping your family, friends, and community safe during the COVID-19 outbreak.
Okay, let's talk about the eight things I think everyone needs to consider as vital to success in maintaining their fitness at home in self-isolation. Number one, consistency. While the rest of my keys to success will not come in any particular order, this one comes first for a reason. I think it's the most important. Without consistently looking after your fitness by staying active, you're missing out on something that will, in return, consistently return value to you. Move it or lose it has never been more more true than it is while in self-isolation mode. Our routine is already massively disrupted. If you were a person that only ever got exercise walking to the bus stop to go to work and come home every day, and that is no longer your daily reality, I hesitate to think what the impact will be on your health if you don't make up the difference by prioritizing staying active at home. Activity, whatever the level may be, needs to be part of your daily life. If you can, schedule it at the same time of day, every day. Depending on the nature of the activity you choose, you may need to insert some rest days in there, and we'll return to that subject in a little bit. But they can be active rest days, days in which you perform some form of exercise or activity just to keep moving. But it needs to be part of your routine no matter what. It needs to be a habit or even a rule if it's going to be effective for you. It's too easy to fall out of good behaviors like exercise when you don't have a hard and fast rule in your head driving you to do it each and every time. Number two, creativity. Being at home means you have to be creative about how you stay active. You no longer have access to your gym, your yoga studio, your hockey rink, ball diamond, football field, etc. Your home will be your workout environment. There's still plenty of fitness to be had. You don't need a treadmill or a spin bike or a Nautilus machine or other gear to stay active. Does it change things? Well, yes, absolutely. But it means you have to be creative about how you achieve fitness. You have lots of options around the house. In fact, the stuff that you have around the house is generally what you were staying fit to use in the first place. Um, I get fit so that when I play with my kids, I have the energy to, to keep up with them. I stay fit to be able to mow the lawn without having to take breaks or lift three loads of laundry up three flights of stairs, or put away my Costco grocery run, or put my kayak on my car roof in order to go to the lake. These are daily functional activities that we need our fitness for in the first place. So we have a reason to keep moving, and we have plenty of things around the house that that we can therefore use to maintain our fitness. Don't have dumbbells? No problem. Those Costco grocery bags can be filled back up again, and you can use them as weights for deadlifts, curls, presses, rows, squats. The list goes on. Household implements, your do-it-yourself workout gear, is all around your house. You just need to unleash some creativity to use it. Number three, variety. If you do the same thing over and over again, you'll get bored. So in addition to being creative about how you equip yourself for working out, it's important that you think about changing your workouts regularly. The more variety, the better. You'll target more muscle groups and different joints. You'll achieve a different stimulus to which your body can then respond and adapt. You'll hit different movement patterns, and your mind will be challenged in different ways. Where creativity is the selection of ingredients for your workout, variety will be how you use those ingredients to cook something new. Number four, intensity. I bring intensity into the conversation for two reasons. First, I know from my own experience that it works. That comes from my trying, at length, a wide array of sports and fitness routines from long, slow cardio work to short, heavy workout sessions with weights with lots of rest. When I found CrossFit back in 2015, I found something that touched on everything that came before it and then some. The addition of intensity was the missing link. 
If I worked out with intensity, my workouts didn't have to be very long. The reality is, they couldn't be anyway because I wasn't capable of sustaining intensity for very long, especially when I first started. That missing ingredient meant that I got results without a massive time commitment. Uh, Which leads to my second reason, efficiency. When you work out with intensity, you get the benefit of the work performed in a short interval. Easy translation is less time having to work out. So whether you work out with intensity for 20 minutes or 10 or even 5, you're going to get the same impact as a much longer workout performed without intensity. So imagine trying to fit a long workout in at home while you have the kids home, while you and your partner are both working from home. Other things might get in the way. But a short, intense workout, that might be something that you can slot into your schedule more easily and get a great benefit in a hurry. Number five, accountability. And I'll put in brackets here, community. It's hard to stay active on your own. One of the reasons group classes in a social atmosphere are so effective isn't that the workout itself is necessarily any different. It's the measure of accountability that's built into that environment, whether naturally or through added measures that are undertaken organizationally. You make social connections with people you work out with in that environment. It happens naturally. Even if by every other measure you have very little in common, there is one thing you know you have in common, and so it binds you. When you sign up for a class and then cancel, do your connections in that class ask you the next time they see you what happened? Do they ask if everything's okay? Does the person that runs the class ask if you're feeling okay that day or ask if there are any modifications to the class that need to be considered because of a sore knee or sore shoulder that they already know about? None of these things would happen when you work out entirely on your own. And so if you're, in a, if you're used to a group dynamic, you may need to find ways to replicate that in the home environment, much like Osprey Athletics has. If on your own is more your speed, that's okay. You still have measures for accountability. If you're the type that keeps a journal of your workouts, that is a measure of personal accountability that you're keeping. It's not just your progress. It's also a log of the commitment to your fitness that you have honored along the way. So that's it. it's important that you keep that going. Number six, recovery. Your body needs to recover to benefit from your workouts. You can't just keep hammering away at your body, even while maximizing variety. The same way that your body needs to sleep to recharge for the next day, your body needs rest days to adapt to the stress of working out. So you'll need to plan rest days into your consistent routine. A rest day doesn't have to be a day in which you do nothing. Um, You can make a decision to do something completely different. But you should make a conscious choice to dial it back, dial back the intensity, and maybe even change the nature of the movement itself in order to give your body the rest and the most productive recovery period possible. Go for a walk or a jog. Do some light stretching or some core stability work. Stay moving, stay active, but don't treat it like a workout. Save that focus for the rest of the week. Number seven, safety. Whatever you do, do it safely. One of the tricky parts of working out at home is that we don't have access to our usual gear, uh, particularly if you don't have a lot of home equipment. And so while that can create some interesting opportunities for creativity and variety, it can also introduce some manageable risks. The equipment that we use for working out in our usual environment is built for that purpose. So we generally feel pretty comfortable that it will perform well under typical loading for its intended use. At home, when we use do-it-yourself implements in place of actual equipment, we can't say the same thing. 
My water jug was not designed for the clean and jerk. My dining room table was not designed for a pull-up. My desk chair was not intended as a substitute for a plyo box. So be reasonable about your expectations of what you can and cannot use for equipment at home. Be creative, introduce variety, but be safe about it. Number eight, control. This is a big one. In a time of uncertainty like this, it can be extremely grounding and reassuring to have some control over something in your life. So, to me, this is another critical reason to maintain your fitness at home. This is something that you can control, and that in itself, especially now, is good for you. There you have it. That's my eight keys to success with at-home training while self-isolating. Here's the M-Wrap Up. Did my eight keys to success line up with what you were thinking? Are there others that you think should have made the list? Send me some feedback at info at boxjumper.ca or message me on social media and let me know. Uh, My handle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are all the same. At boxjumperover40, and that's over number four, number zero. Uh, I hope at least a few of these ideas resonate with you and help motivate you along the way. If you like this episode, please consider writing a review on iTunes or on Podchaser. And as I mentioned, I'd, I'd love to get some feedback or even a suggestion for a future episode by sending me an email at info at boxjumper.ca. You can get the latest, uh, the latest episodes and the next episode of the podcast automatically by subscribing on your favorite podcasting app. You can also visit my website, boxjumper.ca, to sign up for my mailing list. More episodes of the Box Jumper podcast are to come, as well as more of the daily at-home self-isolation workouts, scalable for any level of participant. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often. <laughs>